What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to a special Papa's Perspective edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast presented by Bob's Discount Furniture. Get Bob's Discount at the official furniture store and mattress partner of the New York Giants. Shop in store or at mybobs.com. Welcome in the greatest receiver in the history of the New York football Giants, Amani Toomer. First and foremost, happy new year to you and your family. Oh, thanks a lot. Um, you know. Good 2022 has been good for the Giants, and hopefully 2023 will be better. So the Giants are ending their season playing in Philadelphia. So as part of this podcast series, we kind of like to look back at past games against opponents. Um, and when I thought of the Giants on the road in Philly, let's face it, for the past 15 years, it's pretty much been a house of horrors for the New York Giants. Yeah, it has uh, been. In the Jim Fossil era, it was pretty good. And in the early Coughlin era, it was good. And that takes us to September 17th, 2006, the 30-24 to 24 overtime win in Philadelphia. Now, Amani, you had, you know, you had one of those games for the ages. Uh, you were targeted 12 times. You had 12 catches. You had 137 yards. And you had two touchdowns. Um do you remember going into that game if you were going to be featured heavily in the offense, or is that just the way it worked out? I think it's just the way it worked out. I mean, and every time you go into a game, you always there are always plays where in the back of your mind you think could make a difference, but you don't know if the defense is going to give you the right opportunity, and you don't know if the quarterback's going to see the offense the same way uh, that you see it. But yeah, that was a that was a phenomenal game. I remember in the warmups. I was going, uh, you know, they had the people on the side of the, of the of the field. And one of the hecklers from the Eagles said, hey, Imani, you're old. And I was so mad. And I was like, yeah, but you're paying to see me play. And then he, like, was shocked that I responded to him. And he was like, oh, but you're great. And I'm like, nah, man. <laughs> but for that point on, the rest of the day, I was just so locked in and so focused that um, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. But I knew that, uh, you know, uh, we were going to put forth a good effort. So right out of the gate, opening possession of the game, you score on a 37-yard touchdown pass. So you guys go up 7 nothing. You know, at this point in time in this Giants-Eagles rivalry, whether it was when Jim Fossil was the head coach or in these early years of Tom Coughlin, um, you guys had the Eagles number. Um, and obviously things changed after that, but – can you talk a little bit about the fact that 
you know, the confidence that you had going to Philly because we always heard about how horrible a place it was to go play, but it never seemed to bother your teams. No, it didn't. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they um, they really weren't a good run-stopping run team, and we were very dominant uh, up front. Uh, and also, um, Sean Payton, for a long time, has been, been there. I attribute a lot of our success to the fact that he was a head coach, I mean, uh, assistant coach in, in Philadelphia, and he kind of knew – really how to, to to attack that defense. They were very aggressive blitzing defense, and we were able to, you know, the best thing to do against the blitzing defense is run the football, and we ran it right at them, and they really struggled to match up against us. So I think it was mostly just the matchup issues that the Eagles never really adjusted for our team until later, until, you know, later on in the uh, – when our team was, like, a little bit less of talent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it all kind of changed in 08, but we won't even talk about that. Um so they score, uh, you guys get up 7 nothing, and then they kind of come back at you. And the next thing you know, it's 17-7 at the half Philadelphia. And then uh, Reggie Brown scores on a 23-yard touchdown pass from Donovan McNabb, and suddenly you guys are down 24-7 to uh, going into the fourth quarter. Uh, what was it like? Did you guys feel confident that, hey, we could still get back in this? And what was sort of the mindset of how are we going to get back in this game? I don't think there was any panic. I, I honestly, I just remember being so focused. I didn't, the score really wasn't, uh, the, wasn't really indicative of the game at that point. And I think we all knew it. And I, I felt like we were just going to go and play hard and do, you know, and, and, and finish this game out. And a couple things bounced our way. And next, thing you know, we had an opportunity to win the game and, and tie the game. So I, it was one of those things where, we just didn't give up. Like we just didn't give up. We didn't stop. We kept our, you know, kept pushing and um, things broke our way really. So I always thought that Tim Carter was going to be a pretty good player. It just never worked out that way, but he makes a big play in this game, right? Start of the fourth quarter. You guys are driving. Eli hits Plaxico. Brian Dawkins forces the fumble ball goes in the end zone. And suddenly Tim Carter's on the football and you guys are getting a touchdown to make it 24 to 14 at that point in time where you're like, all right, game on right now. We're down 10. We got the whole fourth quarter and Hey, we we made a break for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, those are the types of plays that, that, that change really momentum and the fact that he scored that touchdown and, you know, and then you look at the scoreboard and it's like, Oh, it's only 10 points. And we got all fourth quarter. Just like you said, that's not discouraging. You know, when you're, when you're within two scores under two touchdowns into the fourth quarter, Knowing how the game slows down the last five minutes of the uh, of the game of uh, each halftime and in, in, in the end of the game, we knew we had a shot. And you know, at this point in time, right? I mean, you'd made the playoffs the year before in '05, so the momentum's starting to build now for this football team a little bit. And and Eli is getting a little bit more confident as the quarterback. You know, having started those last you know seven or nine games in 2004, um, and then Plaxico. Between you and Plaxico, why were you guys such a big matchup problem for Philadelphia? I think because the size. I mean, we were both, you know, bigger receivers that could run. Um, and I, I just think they had the smaller corners. I think even Dawkins was a smaller player. So I think the size of it, and plus we were both very, um, you know, in different ways, but our route running was our was our specialty. And I think that you know, we just matched up really well with their corners and they, and they really had, they really struggled against us 
because, um, you know, because of our precise routes and because, you know, we were, we were just, we were just very experienced when they, they were a little bit less experienced as corners and as we were as receivers. So you can't complete a comeback unless the defense participates because if Philly keeps getting the ball and marching downfield and you're down 10, you're never going to get back in the game. But now the defense kicks in. You guys start forcing some punts. You get a three and out. Defense gets another three and out. Um, and now you guys are like, now you're grinding here, right? I mean, you're trying to march back and get this thing tied up. And uh, you did it pretty quickly, right? With four minutes to go in the game, um, after a, a tiki run, you make an 11-yard catch. And then, um, you know, the rest is history. Uh, yeah. Eli hooks you up with a 22-yard touchdown pass. And now suddenly you're within three. Now, listen, it all happened because Jabril Wilson forces a fumble on Brian Westbrook. Uh, that Will Demps recovers. So now you got a short field at this point in time. Is there any doubt that you're going to score? No, I think we knew uh, once the momentum started changing, going in our direction. And, and Coach Coffin used to always preach on turnovers. And he, every week he would say, uh, if you have one turnover, you have X amount of percentage of winning. Two turnovers, you have another amount. Of and then once you get to three turnovers, it's 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 in the in the 80s of whether you're going to win a game or not. And so knowing that, we just felt like, you know, we got these turnovers, we're ready to score, we're in scoring range. If a couple, you know, and, and our, our offense started really humming. And one thing, that's when I really started learning about who Eli was as a player, because he's the guy that he's never, he's a never give up guy. And no matter what he does early on in the game, towards the end, he's always going to be at his best. When the game is, when it's, when it's time to win, that's when Eli's at his best. And this is one of the first games where I really realized that, you know, the, the, one of his main talents is the fact that he is unflappable in, in, in crunch time. Do you remember that touchdown pass? Do you remember the route, um, the 22-yarder? I remember I was running up the seam, um, and I guess the guys didn't think I could run by him. And I, <laughs> it was so were, you think, were you thinking of that fan in the stands and called you old man as you're blowing <laughs> by Eagles defenders for a 22-yard touchdown? I just always felt like people underestimated my speed uh, early on in my career because of the way I run, I was like a very uh, long strider. So I always used to catch up, catch people, especially on the inside, because they just wouldn't think I'd be able to create as much, uh, you know, explosion. So I always, I, that's something I didn't do too much of when I, because I always usually play on the outside. But when I got on the inside and I got the chance to run against uh, a nickel corner or a safety or something like that, that's when I really. Uh, my advantage really, I really felt like I had an advantage on those situations. Now this game was played in December, I mean, September, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so it's early in the season, September the 17th. And if I remember correctly, it was hot as all get up. You, oh, yeah. you, you left everything on it. You were exhausted after that touchdown catch. <laughs> yeah, I was exhausted. And I remember, um, you know, the, the last play of the game, it was the route that I had caught a couple times earlier that, get, that day, but Plex goes on the backside uh, running a, go, uh, a slant go, but if they were to blitz, and they blitzed, so he ran the slant go. But I ran up, and I made my break, and my entire body locked up. So I cramped, and I just fell down right on the ground. And I really – and I was – I remember I was just screaming in pain, and then I heard the crowd go crazy, and I didn't really – have opportunity to look and see what happened and all the team kind of ran by me to run go to see plexico and i'm sitting there just cramped up 
But uh, I just remember being so excited, but being in so much pain because, A, we beat the Eagles, and then we came back on them the way we did in those heartbreaking losses that usually change uh, seasons. Uh, if you lose too many of those, look at how the Raiders are, have done this season. So, yeah, you, you lose 17, 24-point leads. Those, are, those things kill you. 24-7 now. 24-7. The power of the will right there, fellas. You know what I saw? You know what I saw a little bit of? New York Giant Pride right there, fellas. You know, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned earlier in this show about the running game. And, you know, you get to overtime, and um, this is when overtime was 15 minutes. You guys got the ball first. You had a punt. They got the ball. They got one first down. They punted. And in that final part of overtime leading up to the Plaxico touchdown pass, it was the running game. It was all Tiki. You guys were pounding Tiki, a little Brandon Jacobs. Um, you had a couple catches in there as well, but really that's where the running game kind of took over, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, running games usually show themselves up later on. And that's only if you done the work pre uh, leading up to that, where you're constantly running the ball, even when it doesn't look like, you know, it's going anywhere, you know, you, you when it's like a body blow, it like it's, it's, a uh, it wears down your defense and the fourth quarter in a hot game, uh, it was perfect perfect setting for our advantage of the running game really take over and kick in that's a great story you told about plaxico's game winner no one came to help you not even the trainers no the trainers came to help me but it was kind of like um it was one of those situations where everybody was excited they're like oh yeah tombs on the ground but um also i just remember um i remember the next week next day we graded the film and, you know, you get pluses or minuses on each play, depending on, you know, if you do well or do bad. And I remember at the end of the game, I looked at the last play and my coach gave me a minus. He's like, well, if he'd have thrown you the ball, we'd have lost. <laughs> so I got a minus for that last play of the game. <laughs> yeah, but but, but you you were the decoy for Plaxico on that play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was looking at it like, wait a second, why is he on the ground? Whoop, there it goes. <clears throat> well, Monty oh, – um, Great, great we want to thank you for sharing uh, your remembrances of this great game, this overtime win in Philadelphia back in 2006. And uh, uh, awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Be well. Um, right. and, and thanks for sharing some great memories with us. All right. Thanks a lot, Bob. Anytime. All right. That's Imani Toomer joining us uh, on this edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast, the special Papa's Perspective edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast, presented by Bob's Discount Furniture. Bob's is back at it with major styles and savings on furniture, mattress, decor, and more for your home. Shop in store or online at mybobs.com. Bob's Discount Furniture, the official furniture store and mattress partner of the New York Giants. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.